Hi, folks. Welcome to episode 94 of the Wealth on Any Income podcast. This is where we talk about money tips, techniques, attitudes, information, and provide inspiration around your business and your money. I'm your host, Rennie Gabriel. In past episodes, we spoke about how to understand the numbers from your business, how to measure the level of pleasure based on where you spend your money, how to track your money in five to 10 seconds, what determines how close you are to complete financial choice, and how to run your business without being in your business. And last week, we had Doug Sandler, who taught me how to do a podcast and get over 4,600 downloads. Doug has 3,500,000 downloads of his podcast. Today, we have as our guest, Steve Hoffman. Steve, also known as Captain Hoff, is the chairman and CEO of Founderspace, a global innovation hub for entrepreneurs, corporations, and investors with over 50 partners in 22 countries. Steve is also a venture investor, founder of three venture-backed and two bootstrapped startups, and the author of several award-winning books, including Surviving a Startup, published by HarperCollins, that I probably should have read before becoming an angel investor. In addition, Steve Hoffman served on the Board of Governors of the New Media Council and was a founding member of the Academy of Television's Interactive Media Group. Steve, welcome to the Wealth on Any Income podcast. Rennie, it's fantastic to be here. Thank you. Now, based on your bio, it sounds like you've been busy. Uh, Oh, and now you can add my podcast to your bio. Absolutely. (laughs) But first... Tell me why you're known as Captain Hoff. Captain Hoff is my gamer handle. So I'm a big gamer. It's been my gamer handle. And now it's what they call me. I'm captain of the team, captain of founder space. I work with, you know, hundreds of startups around the world and I lead them and their businesses and help them break through. Great. Well, excuse me while I was typing gamer handle next to that. So, so rather than having to listen to it, I've got, I can read the show notes. Now, it sounds like, you know, obviously you fund, mentor, and educate entrepreneurs, but why? Because I love it. Like every entrepreneur has a new challenge. Every business is different. So when I go deep on a business, I am teaching the entrepreneur what I know from my personal experience running venture-funded startups, from my experience as an investor, but I'm also learning from that entrepreneur what their business is like, the unique problems they face, and together we're solving that puzzle. Terrific. It sounds like, obviously, the people you're working with end up being empowered. And I, uh, I hope to empower them. Uh, the, you know, being an entrepreneur is tough. It's really hard. Most startups fail. The majority of startups don't make it. So the odds are against you from the beginning. But if you know the right things and you can plot the right course, it you can up your odds dramatically. Oh, absolutely. There was a book that I read called The Disciplined Entrepreneur uh, by a professor from MIT. His students, uh, well, generally, I think f- startups get, or 5 to 10% of the startups get funding. His students, they were getting, 50% of his students were getting funded. 
Yeah, they also went to MIT. You have to remember. So they, are, <laughs> they have an advantage there. Yeah. Well, I think it really had to do with the 26 step process he took them through as well. I'm sure that helped. Yeah. I try and lead by example. And, and I donate 100% of the profits from my online work and books and stuff to charity. What's a cause or charity that's important to you that you support? So I uh, want to help, and I know you're already helping this because we discussed it, is yep. I want to help stop human trafficking. There are 40 million people enslaved around the world today, more people than during our dark period of our history when we had slaves in America. And we aren't doing enough to recognize this problem or, or stop it. It shouldn't be happening. We can stop it, but we need people mobilized. Yes. And uh, yeah, you it's, it's hard to fathom how many people are, are in that situation. And, and it's a horrible situation. Yeah. It's like just God awful. I mean, imagine being a slave today. It's, it's, it's so brutal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because I donate to a similar charity called CAST, which stands for Coalition to Abolish Slavery and Trafficking. And a lot of we're talking about sex slaves as well. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, you can imagine it's just absolutely horrific. So, uh, th you know, donating to cast is, would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you know, Polaris or whatever. Yeah. The Polaris group that I recommended. Exactly. So, well, let's, let's talk a little bit about business. My guess is that your target market would be entrepreneurs, business owners, and executives, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, let's talk about what your biggest failure was, whether it was personal or business? So my biggest failure, I've had lots of different challenges in my life, but my biggest failure at one point, and, and I, I'm not going to talk about all the different ones because all of us face failures. Yeah. But at one point, my company, one of my companies, uh, we were developing a product and it literally wasn't gaining traction meaning the users would come into the product and they would leave and they would come in and they would leave. And when they came in, they thought it was amazing. And we were getting all this great feedback, but then they would just disappear and they wouldn't come back. And we couldn't figure it out. And I kept thinking, if I had one more feature, if I change one more thing, if I just improve this, if I just improve that, I will transform this product into a success. Well, I'll tell you what, we wasted close to nine months going iterating on this product over and over and over, and it made no difference. Mm. You know what I say? If the core of a product doesn't work, it doesn't work. It doesn't matter how many extra features, how many tweaks you make, whatever it is, if that core value you're giving somebody is something that doesn't keep them coming back, then it, it, it doesn't work. You're just adding features on a bad product, and I would have been better off to recognize that in month three and just cut the, cut it right there, take my losses and move on. Exactly. So uh, what would you say was your biggest insight from that failure? Was it just so my biggest the core business, the core function has to work or you, is yeah. it so whatever you're, you have to first isolate the core value. What is, what is the thing that you're giving your customers that they can't get anywhere else? And if that thing in itself, without anything extra, you know, the raw crude, just the core of that isn't compelling, 
then it doesn't matter how much lipstick you add to that pig. It is still an ugly pig. Like it isn't going to change it. You can add a lot of frosting to the cake. It's only going to make the cake taste worse if the cake isn't good. Like it doesn't matter. So that that was my insight. And then the long-term strategic insight was that most startups fail, not because they try too many things, but because they stick with one thing too long that isn't working because they don't want to admit it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It's it's like, you know, they're like a child who gets into trouble, but it's still their child. Yes. It's still their child. Or a stock that, you know, the yeah. company is no longer performing and you keep holding it all the way to the bottom. <laughs> um, well, what would you say the typical feelings uh, are that your prospects experience? Oh, so people, you know, when I engage with entrepreneurs, you know, a lot of them are stressed out because, you know, I wrote my book, Surviving a Startup, because it's yep. tough. Like yep. you're under lots of family pressure, you're under financial pressure, you're under pressure from your investors, you're you have employee problems, you never have enough money to pay them and all, you know. And they're not performing like you like, but you can't replace them. So all of these things, a lot of people I work with feel anxiety and they need to understand how to deal with it, how to, um, on a personal level, how to manage their anxiety. And then on a business level, how to perform and actually take actions that can mitigate these problems and not make the problems worse. So it, it sounds like you're also providing them the guidance to identify and overcome these issues, right? Yes. And I talk personally about my experiences with them. And, you know, the, the, you know I'm, I've been fairly successful, but there were times, and I just described one of them, when things just don't go right. And if you're, you know, pushing the limits, if you're doing, if you're being an entrepreneur, you're going to face a lot of ups and downs, like a, a massive roller coaster ride. You got to be prepared for the downs. And one thing I tell them is there is no substitute uh, for communication. Yeah. That means you can never communicate too much with your employees and, and really understanding what they're facing, what they're going through, what they need from you, not what you think they need, but what they actually need. Your family, you know, if your family isn't on board, it's going to be a hellish ride. <laughs> You're not doing, you got to get them on board from day one. And that means, that they have to want to go on this experience with you. If they don't, if you can't get their buy-in, pick another job. There's a billion other things you can do in your life that you know might be better for your family relationship. Do you want to sacrifice that over a company? But if they're on board from the beginning, then you at least have a basis point. We're going into this together, and but you have to keep communicating with them. You can't stop. And then also with your investors and advisors from the outside, like, do not ignore problems. And when you communicate to them what's going on in your company that's causing you, you know, stress, don't hide it from them, thinking that that that, that they're just going to get stressed out too. In fact, they usually just want to help you, but they can't help you if they don't know what's going on. And then they get upset that you're keeping information from them and that you're not telling them exactly what's happening. And it just compounds the problem. Exactly. In other words, if you're communicating, uh, in, well, one of my mentors had a fabulous expression. It was, uh, she used it all the time. Fish can't see the water they're swimming in. Oh, yes. You cannot. Exactly. You, are, you are blind. You have blinders. So the only way to see what's happening is honestly in a startup to get people from the outside. Exactly. Who have a perspective on your business and to tell them the truth. 
of what's going on in your business, not sugarcoat it so that you, you don't look bad. Tell them the, the really hard things and then listen. Listen to what they're saying, what their perspective is. What ask them what they would do. Ask a lot of questions. Like, how would you deal with this? What, you know, mm -hmm. if you were in my situation, what options do you see? Because you may not see the right option and it's right in front of you. But them, to them, it's very obvious. Like, you got to do this. You got to like fire that employee. Like that engineer that you think is indispensable, that you can't live without, you got to get rid of them. And you'd be like, but I can't. But they're like, you got to. And then you do it. And I was in this position. Um, and all of a sudden things work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's so funny. I'm going to guess uh, among the mistakes your prospects make, one of them is probably that the idea that they have for the business is what matters. Is that accurate? The idea, ironically, that they have for the business, usually at the beginning at least, doesn't matter at all because <laughs> usually those ideas are wrong. <laughs> you know, people like. You don't know a lot about your business before you get deep in it. So a lot of us think, oh, an entrepreneur is supposed to have this epiphany, this unicorn idea, go out there and change the world, right? But what happens in reality is you have this great idea, but it doesn't map to what people really need in the world. You don't know your customers well enough. You don't know what their problems really are. You think you have a solution for them, but it's not until you go and totally engage with them that you start to find out, oh, wow. And you start to see where, where you can create value. That is the key. Now, I'll just give you an example. We all know this company. They started out as a video dating site. And they were spectacularly unsuccessful mm. as a video dating site. But then they decided they wanted to share a video file with friends. And they're like, oh, what's the easiest way to do this? Upload it to our video dating site and share the link. That simple idea then became YouTube. YouTube, right? You know, these ideas uh, that you, you, you know, Yelp, the ratings on Yelp, the five-star ratings, those were an afterthought, an extra feature. Yeah. It became the product. Groupon was a site for doing social good where people started to, to band together to buy products and mm -hmm. the founder didn't like that idea. He was like, don't do this on my site. Well, that became their core product. <laughs> Google, you know, that was, they thought they were doing a nonprofit. It was a search engine for academics to find research papers. Mm. The niche market. Then it became Google we know and we all use. All of these companies, you know, Twitter was a podcasting platform early on. So all of these companies uh, that made this breakthrough, they didn't start with that idea, but they were open enough to find it, to discover it along the way. Uh, these are, I love these examples. It's similar to what I do when I'm talking about how wealth creation is a team sport, not a solo sport. And I ask people if they know who Warren Buffett is, and they all say yes. And when I ask if they know who Charlie Munger is, hardly anyone knows. Some people yeah, do. They should know. <laughs> He's That's running a, the company now. <laughs> yeah. He, you know, and so it, it, but it's funny because it's the whole concept of having a visionary and an execution master, and it's giving the examples like you did of YouTube, of Twitter, and things of that nature. Well, when you ask, is the idea important, or is it even important that you come up with the idea? And the answer is always no. Yeah. Like Elon Musk, people don't know this, but he didn't start Tesla. It oh, was somebody, no. He was somebody else's company. He just invested in it. Exactly. 
and, and and Elon admits he knows nothing about building cars. No, he didn't know anything. Exactly. He's, he probably still doesn't, and he doesn't need to because he's got uh, Gullion. I, I can't pronounce his yeah, name. Yeah, he has a great team, an incredible team. Yeah. He's really good at that, and he's an amazing marketer. Yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing promoter. You've got to hand it to him. Yeah. So now uh, there was a case study of some entrepreneur who talked to over 100 customers, and all of them told her she had a nice product. And she should come back after it was built and they'd try it out. Tell me what happened. And yeah, this, was, this is somebody I work with. You know, try it out. All, you know, the customers came back and they were like, yeah, this is really nice. You know, come back when you've built it out and we'll give it a, a try. And she's like, what do you think? Is this going to be a big success? She was super excited, you know? Yeah. And I told her, you will absolutely positively fail. And she's like, What? Yeah, And I go, you had a hundred customers. She goes, I had a hundred customers who said it was nice and they wanted to see it again. I go, what they're telling you is go away. <laughs> they don't want, they're not going to say your product sucks. What they're going to say is, oh, that's nice. Come back later. And then they're not going to take your call. Uh. The, the only, if you have a product, if you have an early idea and you go to your, your exact target customer and you show it to them and they go, that's nice, forget it. This is what you need to hear. You need to hear. Oh my God, that's, I need that today. How can I get that today? Can I sign up? Can I pay you? What are you, this is something I've been waiting for. You can, how can I get my hands on this? If you don't hear that reaction, they're never going to buy it. You know, none of us buy products that are nice to have. Like we don't, we buy products that we need or really, really want. Like think of your phone. You hear about an app, you download it onto your phone and you're like, oh, that's pretty nice. A week later. You've forgotten about it. Delete. <laughs> that's what that's what happened. Yeah, I, I, it's that is such a valuable insight for absolutely everyone. Thank you for that one, Steve. Is there a valuable free resource that you can direct some of the listeners to that could further support them? Yes, we have a special uh, thing, a special place for your members to go, and it is called the Ten Commandments to raise venture capital. Mm. So if you're thinking of raising money, you need to follow these 10 steps and it's free. Go there, founderspace.com slash 10. And that can be the number 10 or T-E-N. Perfect. I'll make sure that's in the show notes so people can just click on it and go right there. And is there a question that I should have asked you that would also give great value to those who are listening? You uh, should ask me, uh, what are the qualities that make a great entrepreneur? Hmm. Okay. What are the qualities that make a great entrepreneur? Well, let me tell you, <laughs> there are a couple amazing qualities that you have to have. Right. So number one is you don't have to be great at anything except one thing. And the only thing you need to be really, really good at is leadership. Mm. Honestly, you don't have to be good um, a brilliant salesperson. You don't have to be brilliant at marketing. You don't have to be a super technical whiz, any of that. You do have to be able to attract amazing people and lead them in a direction. Number two, you have to have tenacity. Like, uh, like I said, in my book, surviving a startup, it's tough. Like you, 
the only the people who are tenacious, like who get knocked down and get up and get knocked down and get up and see all these obstacles, not as impediments to their success, but as challenges to overcome. Really important. And then number three, if you want to break through in a big way, I'm talking like, you know, unicorn big, multi-billion dollar company, you have to be super curious, Mm. always questioning orthodoxies, always asking, you know, why are you doing this? How, how, you know, uh, how is this being done? Is this the best way it could be done? And going deep on those subjects, because that's how you end up breaking through. That's how you end up doing something that somebody else hasn't done. Fabulous. I want to thank you, Steve, for being on the show and what you've contributed. Well, thank you very much for having me. (laughs) And to my listeners, thank you for tuning in. Next week, we'll have Vigel Parmar speaking about how to effectively outsource. You can listen to the Wealth on Any Income podcast on your favorite platform and please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you'd like to know how books, movies, and society programs you to be poor and what the cure is, then log on to wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. You'll hear my TEDx talk and can request a free 27-page roadmap to complete financial choice and philanthropy and receive a weekly email with tips, techniques, or inspiration around your business or your money. And if you'd like to see how you can increase your wealth and donate to the causes that touch your heart, please check out our affordable program, Wealth with Purpose, on the wealthonanyincome.com website. Until next week, be prosperous. Bye-bye for now.